All righty. Hey, this is the WCHL podcast. I am the commissioner, Christopher Perry, and you heard the old music because we don't have Andrew this time. He's still screwing around down in Florida chasing Mickey Mouse or something. <laughs> so we've got a special guest. You just heard him right there. He's on the other end of the line. He is the uh, the publisher, the entrepreneur. I don't know what you want to call yourself, Scott, but uh, let's just say he runs Ice Time Hockey Southwest, I-T-I-H-T-S-W, that covers uh, it's a podcast and a website and uh, I guess a, a media outlet if you want to if you, it, that's probably the more out more more proper that covers the Western Collegiate Hockey League as well as the uh, ACHA in general and the Women's Western Collegiate Hockey League out of the Women's Division One all the way live from uh, I'm, I'm, I take it you're in Arizona somewhere is that correct Scott. Yeah, I'm in Scottsdale tonight. There you go. Scottsdale, Arizona. That voice you heard was Scott Strandy. Scott, thank you so much for being on the podcast tonight. And I know, I'm, I usually ask how you're doing, but I know that you're kind of <laughs> under the weather. So uh, I appreciate your taking time out of your out of your night and out of your recovery. So uh, if at any point in time you need to uh, pull the shoot or anything, just say the word because I'll tend to prattle on. So you've, you've had me on your podcast and I've, I appreciate you being taking time to uh, return the favor and be on this cheesy, less professional podcast. So uh, <laughs> No problem, Chris. You're selling yourself short, but uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, hey, let, let's start where um, let, let's let's start with the news of the weekend, which was uh, and I kind of want to get a little behind the scenes on, on you because uh, the news of the weekend was that the University of Arizona has announced that along with uh, what's it not development and the is it uh, Pima County? Uh, that, yeah, they're, that they're going to build a three-sheet facility on uh, down in South Tucson. It's called the uh, Mosaic Quarter Iceplex is the building, but it's going to be part of the Mosaic Quarter uh, development that's going to have a field house and restaurants and hotels and all. It sounds like a pretty snazzy deal. But on Friday afternoon, uh, you were there in Tucson, America, for the big announcement with the University of Arizona president, the University of Arizona, the dean of student services, and the uh, head coach for Arizona hockey, Chad Berman, as well as the uh, uh, Mr. Knott, the developer. Uh, tell me, tell me what that experience was like. Uh, if you don't mind, and what you think that's going to mean or that development will mean for uh, Southern Arizona and the world of ice hockey down there? Well, a couple of things. I think the, uh, um, first of all, the turnout was great for the reception. It was at the Campus Recreation Center, a place that uh, Coach Berman and I sat down with seven years ago when he first came on to take on the program. And he reminded everybody that I sat down with them and what his goals were at that time. And now some uh, 70% winning percentage uh, later, he's finally getting the dream fulfilled. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of people talk and then a lot of people do and a lot of people don't do. Yep. But, but really what, that, what Chad has done is he laid out a plan. He kept it low behind the scenes. This is something that they've been working on for a long, long time. I want to say a better part of four years and it's all coming to fruition. And I think the, uh, the number one thing that you look at at Chris for success is it's backed by a nice development company and the not company, but it also has university support. And you know how important that is, especially at the, uh, at the ACHA level. If your university is behind you, um, things are going to go the right way. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, that, you know, I was impressed during the press conference because of those two factors. Uh, number one, Mr. Not. Holy smokes, he can sell ice to the Eskimos. He can sell <laughs> sand to the folks out there in the desert. That guy, when he was uh, rolling through the description of all the amenities that this facility was going to have, everything had a little flourish, a little adjective, a little uh, extra, and there was no repetition. It wasn't going to be like, this is an awesome sheet with an awesome rink and an awesome locker room. It was, he. you could tell he had done this once or twice before. He'd been around the corner. He'd been around the block. Um, but it also was, I thought it was pretty impressive to actually have the university president there, um, as well as, uh, you know, the Dean, I, I'm, I'm probably butchering her name, but she was very nice in, uh, in terms of the comments that, uh, that she provided, uh, the Dean of student services for the, for the university. And obviously the MC for the entire event was, uh, Troy Vaughn, who is, uh, 
oversees club sports at the University of Arizona and is intimately involved with the hockey program. So uh, I, I think those two factors are just their necessities because you're right these days especially in the acha you're lucky if university administration even knows that they have a, a club team and right. uh, you know so to have the support from uh the university at the highest levels i i think was uh it, it was it was pretty awesome to see and uh i thought pretty telling as to you know this thing isn't just something that's announced and god we wish it's going to happen this is going to happen yeah, and I think uh, I think two things, Chris. Um, number one is that uh, it's not just uh, enhancement of the ACHA D one level; it's the adding of a D two team. Yep. Uh, it's adding of a, a women's team, and a second women's team was talked about. It's adding a, a sled hockey team, which I think is incredible. And uh, I asked him, uh, Troy, specifically about that. I said, "When do you uh, anticipate all this kicking in?" He said, "Well, we know we can't wait till." 2024 when the building's ready so we got to start now we got to start looking for coaches uh start to build teams start to get players in line so um it's full steam ahead i I think the one thing that that's holding things up a little bit is the steel um because uh with the pandemic and uh it's been just a real problem to get building steel so i think that's why it won't break ground and start building until this summer yeah, well, they, I got a feeling that Mister Knott knows where to uh, where to get some steel, and uh, the, boy, the thing looks great—a th- a three thousand seat facility, a dedicated, uh, basically, wing of the building just for U of A hockey. And as you mentioned, in addition to just announcing the facility uh, itself, they've announced that they're going to bring on a men's division two team, a women's division one team, and then a sled team. Uh, what are, what are the, what's the fancy word for the sled team? It's the um, Oh, I don't know. It's it's yeah, like Yeah, I know what you're thinking. I yeah. should know that. Yeah, I, I should get... too. I should too. <laughs> Anyways, it's it's like uh there's some sort of challenge, but it, it it's regardless, it's it's pretty cool. So, uh yeah, I, I think that's you know, tell me this. The what do you think? And this is just you and me talking because unlike your podcast, nobody listens to mine. Okay, I have like 16 <laughs> listeners. So, what do you think the the long uh, adaptive athletics? There we go, adaptive there you athletics. Go. Adaptive athletics. So, what do you again? Nobody's listening. It's just me and you talking. Um, what do you think the chances are that this is going to lay the groundwork for maybe moving up a beyond the ACHA Division One level? Well, I think it's definitely the groundwork. Um, how soon that can happen? I, I'm going to say let. Let's see, we're, what, 2021 now. Yep. Uh, they're going to build in, and open in 2024. They want to see at least two years of uh, financials. So that would be the 24 and the 25 seasons. So uh, if those look good, which I don't know how they couldn't, when they have uh, total control over the board advertising, the concessions, the ticket sales, uh, the concept, uh, merchandise sales, all of that is going to be in the U of A hands. So, all of that's going to be really good, and I know uh, Coach Berman is working really hard on uh, getting all that stuff set up right now because the, the rosier those numbers look, Chris, the happier it's going to be at the athletic department. And, uh, you know, like even here at Arizona State, um, they suspect that when they get in their new building this fall that they will be the number three revenue generator uh, in, in NCAA sports. Yeah. So that tells you where you're at if you can generate money money talks as they say so you bet um i think i think the big thing though from from the acha side of things is it's going to give chad the ability to to uh practice right i mean when you think about the fact that he has to travel every year for the first month and a half of the season to phoenix and back uh just to get his tryouts and his practices in i can't even imagine the smile on his face on the 20 uh in 2024 when he opens the season by practicing at home. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. And as easy as it is to say, oh, you know, come on, it's just an hour away. That's an hour on the bus to, that's an hour on the bus from. It's just inconvenient all the way around. Whereas if you can just drive 10 minutes down the road to uh, to your rink and you practice where, where you want and it's your facility and it's your home, yeah, there's, there's no doubt they're going to, they'll have an extra uh, added advantage or, or I guess you can look at it the other way around, right? They won't be able to use that as an excuse anymore, 
right for <laughs> for any slow starts. But uh, but yeah, I, I well, just you know Coach Berman. Have you ever heard him say that's an excuse? No, 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 <laughs> never, never. Not me either. Yeah, the uh, um, but uh, I, I it'll it'll be a game changer uh, for them, and and that's that's kind of exciting. But I got to ask you this, Scott. When you and I spoke, it was Wednesday night, and I, I appeared on your podcast. It's a more professional, high highfalutin, <laughs> upscale podcast than my cheesy little suboptimal craptastic thing we're doing here. Um, tell me, you were in Denver. How in the world did you get from Denver to Tucson in like a day and a half? And I, and I realize that, you know, there are modern things out there called airplanes and interstates, but I mean, that's, that's a taxing, uh, that, that's a, that's a lot of driving or a lot of flying. Well, I went, uh, let's see, Wednesday I had, uh, a couple of interviews at Colorado college. I got, I got done. And then, uh, Thursday I'd planned on leaving earlier, but I was waiting for a package at my hotel. And uh, by the time I finally got that, it was about 1130. So. Uh, my wife and I jumped in the car and we drove from 1130 until, oh boy, 10 o'clock to get to El Paso. Oh. And I kind of timed it out because I figured if we get to El Paso at 10 o'clock, uh, we can get a, somewhat of a good night's sleep. Little did I know that I was coming down with pneumonia. Um, <laughs> but, oh. but anyway, as I uh, as we got there, we spent the night and I knew I had about four, a little over four hours to get to Tucson. And I knew the... Uh, the uh, press conference is set for two, so I thought, okay, well, I can sleep until eight or nine and, and get going and get there on time. So it, it worked out. It takes a lot of planning, and then you got to have a lot of luck as well because you can't have any uh, delays along the way or you get sidetracked quickly. I can't. You mentioned something that I just cannot believe, and that's that you had your wife with you along on this adventure. <laughs> My wife would kick me out of the car and back over me four or five times if I asked her to drive from Denver to El Paso to Tucson. She would she would just look at me cross-eyed and then just nail me, kill me. How in the world did you convince your lovely wife to uh, to to come with you on this crazy adventure? Well, she was up visiting with uh, with our uh, son and daughter who live in Minnesota and the grandson and. Uh, my plan along all the way along was to go to Chicago and then, uh, have that Thanksgiving week where I could spend it with them and then, uh, pick her up and take her back home again. So, uh, we left, uh, Minneapolis on Sunday, went as far as Kansas city, then drove over to Denver and spent three days in Denver and then made the route down here. So, holy smokes, man, that's an awful lot of America that you're getting to see from the road. <laughs> it's called branding chris i mean you gotta if you're gonna do this right you gotta brand it and uh well it's not cheap it's not as expensive as doing other things so (laughs) you know there's something about being face-to-face with people i think uh when like even on my ncaa teams when i show up there I, i think they really appreciate the fact that i took the time to do that and it's opened so many doors as i mentioned to you before uh you know the Colorado College, Denver, Air Force, all have really opened their doors to us as far as uh, inside access and being able to get players when we want them and coaches and features. And that's what we do. That's, uh, that, that's great. That's great. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Now, let's, let's pump your, your podcast or, or your, your series of podcasts. Hold, you're, you're a podcasting magnate. You were telling me, uh, we're, we're doing this on Sunday evening, and um, you were telling me that you do podcasts four times a week. And what, is, you said it's Sunday night as an NCAA-focused uh, podcast, and then, yeah, go ahead. Let me, let, me, let me back it up here. We started it as a, uh, a Tuesday night podcast to cover NCAA hockey, and then we saw during the pandemic that there was an opportunity. So we, we went and added AHL and uh, NHL and called it the Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly Podcast yeah. on Monday night. Then we added, uh, I hate saying club, but it, it has to be said because that's all we can call it, yeah. uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly on Wednesday. And the liking to it was, was so well, especially during the uh, pandemic, because people, and first of all, guests were available because they weren't doing much. And, and secondly, I think it, it put a spotlight on different things, and that's what we were after. But, but more importantly, I was after a live version, and I'm still trying to enhance that. I want people to tune in live. I want to get interactions down the road. I want the people to talk about what's going on. I want to give away stuff. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. And then Sunday night came along um, just as an enhancement to NCAA. We thought, gee, there's so many things going on. We can have a featured guest. Like this week we have the associate commissioner from the NCHC, 
uh, Michael Weissman on Tuesday, but Sunday night became the point where, hey, if we can get the coaches after a big win or a big series or maybe a player or two on Sunday night, that would be fantastic. So that's that's where that came about. So we call it the Quad Pod of Hockey Podcast. The Quad Pod of Hockey Podcast. I like that. Sunday through Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, always live. Wow, that's uh, always live, and you can find it on Podbean. Is that correct? You can you can find it live on Podbean, or you can get the downloads anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Anywhere else the podcasts are. Yeah, there you go. See and, that? And here's a, here's the key. Yeah. And I know you call me Alphabet Soup, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's actually the acronym for Ice Time Hockey Southwest. So it's I T H S W podcast. And some people say I have a hard time finding it. It's because you can't put a space in there. It's got to be I T H S W podcast, all one word, and uh, all I don't know. 5,000 episodes or whatever we've done are up there. That's, uh, yeah, I, I do give you guys a hard time, but that's not due to, due to you. You've obviously got the branding bit down. It's just because I'm a dope and I can't remember, <laughs> you know, I-T-H, I have to sit and think about it. You know, it's like counting my, you know, I have to do, when I do math, I have to use my fingers and my toes. So, jeez. Uh, well, hey, let's let, let me ask this. Um, I, I know that you do get around. You've been around to, uh, in, in addition to all the exploits to follow around the NCAA teams, you also get around to follow the uh, ACHA teams, and you've seen quite a number of uh, WCHL teams this season so far. And so I guess uh, I'd kind of like to get a feel for uh, your perspective. We're... I think we've only got one series, two series of games coming up uh, here in the uh, in the upcoming week. So everyone except for those four teams is going to be shutting down. Arizona's done for the uh, semester. Grand Canyon's done for the semester. Utah, um, Missouri State, all that kind of stuff. The two Colorado teams are done for the semester. So I'll just leave it open ended. Going in. To the season, um, you know, however have things uh, turned out as we sit here on December the fifth versus uh, how your perspective was or your perceptions were going into the season. Well, I looked at the season. I, I talked to the coaches. I looked at their rosters, and I thought, "Cheapers, this could be really good." Um, I, I knew a lot about the teams that were closest to me, being UNLV and Utah, and. Arizona State and Arizona. and um, So I knew what they had, but I, that's part of the reason why I spent eight weeks on the road in Colorado is I had a chance to go to Colorado, watch them play. I watched uh, Colorado State. I went down to Missouri and saw Springfield uh, for the first time, and Missouri State take on Central Oklahoma down there. That was intriguing. And then when I was there, I ventured off and saw Lindenwood play uh, an NCAA exhibition against Air Force. So I, I got a chance to see a lot of really good teams. And uh, I made my opinion pretty early on that the WCHL, in my opinion, is going to be the best league in ACHA B1 hockey's top to bottom. I, I'm not saying they are right now. I'm just saying that uh, when we look at things on March 1st, um, you're going to find that that league, your league, is, uh, is the best in the hockey in uh, ACHA D1. Yeah, we're not too bad right now. I, we're, we're, you know, the computer says we're number two, and I'll take number two, um, especially when the the conference ahead of us has number one and number three. So right. uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that. Right now, we have six out of our uh, ten teams from the top twenty, and all ten of the teams are basically in the top half of uh, ACHA men's division one. So I, I think we're doing something right. So. Well, tell me, tell me this. Um, I know that you went on the road. You were in Chicago at the Chicago Classic. You got to see UNLV win three games. You got to see Arizona State uh, lose three games. And and uh, you've seen, like you said, all sounds like you've seen all the teams in person except for maybe one or two in terms of Oklahoma. And I don't know if you've seen Utah yet in person or not. But Yeah, I uh, have seen that. I think Oklahoma and Colorado State are the only two I haven't seen. Right. Play game action. Well, which which team uh, I guess has surprised you the most out of the ones that you've seen? Again, knowing that there were high expectations for UNLV and Arizona and Central Oklahoma coming into the season, uh, which team so far has surprised you the most in the Western Collegiate League? I'm going to back us up a year because the only team from the uh, Western Collegiate League that made it into the uh, 
the ACHA national tournament was Missouri State, and I thought they played one of the best games in a loss. Yeah, um, that was the best game the of the tournament. tournament. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I would really had a close eye on them. Had a chance to visit with uh, with Coach Long and Coach Cook, and, and and I saw what they were doing. I saw the roster. I saw how they were building the program, and I was really excited about that. And uh, I don't want to say I'm surprised because I figured they were going to be good, but I didn't know they were going to soar to the top that quickly. Yeah, they're uh, ranked number eight right now, and it seems. I think they only have six losses on the season, and all six have been on the road. So they're unbeaten at home, and uh, they're they're in prime position right now to uh, to win the conference, which is uh, kind of surprising. With uh, they're leading our conference, they've only played twelve games. They've got eight more to go, and they're leading the conference by two points uh, ahead of U of A. And U of A, they have three games in hand over U of A, so that's uh, puts them in a good spot. So interesting. Well, tell. Um, so you've made the rounds to oh, most all the teams. Um, have you? What? Let, let's just flip it around. What team? So Missouri State would be the biggest surprise or not surprise, but the the, the bright spot, if you will, um, or this. I don't know what's another synonym for surprise. See, the, Scott, this is why my podcast is <laughs> so craptastic because I can't even think up synonyms. So, uh, so. What's the flip side about that? Which which team has most? Uh, I'm not going to say been a, a disappointment, but has been kind of uh, you're like you're scratching your head, thinking what's going on there. Well, I think uh, I think Arizona State has to be that team, and I'll tell you, um, a lot of the teams. And I don't know if you've heard me say this for the last 24 months or so, but I said I, I thought with the pandemic uh, in all hockey, uh, the teams that were going to survive were going to be the ones that stayed relevant the ones that kept their fan bases engaged, kept their players engaged, let everybody know that this was a bump in the road. It wasn't going to be a permanent death sentence to their program. And uh, the one school that I haven't been able to, and I live here, I uh, haven't been able to really get a feel for is uh, the Arizona State program. And, uh, you know, they seem like they should have more talent than they have, but this seems a little bit discombobulated right now for whatever reason. And, Again, I'm saying this from a distance because I haven't been uh, able to be in tight with them or communicate with them very much. Um, so, yeah, they're they're probably the one. And, uh, you know, they definitely have the talent. They definitely have the numbers. If they turn it around, um, they can be very, very competitive. Uh, that would be my surprise at all. And then I think on the, on the other positive surprise side is UNLV knew what they were after. They're after winning the championship. And they are going to challenge Missouri State and Arizona right down to the very end, and UCO, I should say, because UCO is certainly right there as well. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, well, I, I would, I, I would think with uh, ASU, um, yeah, they're, they're, they do have an awful lot of talent, and I don't, I wouldn't say that they're underperforming or un, un, being underwhelming, but it's just. It's like you're waiting. It's like an automatic car. It's kind of stuck in second or third gear. You're waiting for them to, you know, pop the clutch and get it to a higher gear. Because uh, right. they, you look at that roster and they've got, you know, nine Lackey and eleven Plour and they've got fifteen Hoffenkamp and, you know, they've got some studs on that team and um, it, that in years past have put up some huge audacious numbers and um, yeah, they're just kind of, you know. They're just kind of there. They're kind of, you know, average. And so I don't know if it's, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of wild. I, you know, the other thing for, for me, from my perspective, obviously, I look at, you know, the, the bottom of the standings and I'm seeing Oklahoma and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, how the the, the program had, was once mighty and now they're just, you know, struggling. And, um, you know, hopefully Coach Miller and the, the folks over there can, can get it turned around. Um, but uh, so they're, they're, those are the two head scratchers for me, um, at least uh, in, in the conference. I think, you know, some of the other ones are, uh, the, the, I think a, a pleasant surprise has been Danny Roy and Grand Canyon pulling off some wins. We didn't, uh, you know, I don't think that, uh, I forget what the coaches said, but the coaches, I, I remember had them down kind of at the bottom of the conference standings and they're, you know, they're pulling off some wins left and right. And, uh, you know, they surprised Colorado, and I think they surprised Utah for a game or two. So, you know, they're doing okay. And Colorado State's trying to figure it out. You know, they uh, if they can quit playing games against Colorado, 
Um, right. You know, I think they, <laughs> they they just now won their first game against Colorado when it was in overtime. So, uh, you know, they ended I up. I believe you're correct. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you have a chance to, even though you're, you're, you said you're coming down with uh, the, the pneumonia, did you have a chance to, uh, were you able to get down to Tucson or were you convalescing and watching from afar? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I, I planned on going down there Saturday for, for the uh, Jeremy Gold jersey retirement, but I let Chad know when I found out, I found out late uh, uh, Saturday afternoon that what had happened and my doctor recommended that I'd gone, I should just lay low for a while. Yeah. Okay. So I was not able to take that in, but a um, good friend of mine, Tom Callahan is uh, the play-by-play voice and the, uh, did the MC on it and I understand it was a fantastic celebration. And I liked that the, uh, at the event on Friday, they said not only will his Jersey go up in the TCC, but it'll also be going up in the new building. So they're already planning ahead for moving those jerseys over both Kelly Walker and Jeremy gold. So a uh, great honor, great tradition. That's how you build it. That's how you make it better. Yeah. Yeah. There, I, I think it's wild that, uh, Goltsy was, uh, he, he, got Arizona state, you know, he was head coach before powers took over <laughs> yeah. and really, t- really took him to, uh, you know, well to the national championship powers did, but Goltsy, you know, turned the place around a little bit and then, uh, powers took it over. And so here it is, this famous Arizona ice cat back from the Leo Golombieski days is up at, uh, you know, the arch rival Arizona state and, uh, turns, the, turns ASU and their program around. And now he's back down there at U of A and he's, uh, you know, being honored and rightly so for, for being one of the uh, great ice cats of all time. And, uh, yeah, every, I was going to say, I think the last two or three times I've been down to the TCC, I've seen Jeremy there. He, uh, he doesn't miss an awful lot of those games down there. That's for sure. No, he doesn't. He's a little disappointed that they won't have that team in gear for his daughter because, he wanted his daughter to experience uh, playing hockey at the University of Arizona, but I don't think she'll. Maybe she'll have a year or two left at the end. But uh, so I'm always a little bummed out about that. But I'll tell you a quick story. He told me when uh, when they announced they're putting his jersey up. I said, you know, did did you have any uh, uh, stories or things that you had with Kelly Walker since he's the first one to have his jersey retired? He goes, tell you a funny story. I came in for tryouts my first year. I was underage. I was 17, so I'd have my parents sign a release so I could try out. And uh, he said I was all gung-ho, wanted to make this team as a freshman. And uh, he said I came out flying the first couple of practices. And I go in the corner, and and I have a really good shot at this guy. And he's wearing number 16, so I just gave him a really good check into the boards. And he said it took like about less than five seconds until two guys had me on the ground, and they said, Hey kid, do you not know who number sixteen is? <laughs> <laughs> and he said that put me in my place right off the get go. So uh, he, he said that uh, that Kelly Walker and him have been close since. So that's kind of wild. Yeah, don't touch it. Don't touch the superstar. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, well, hey, Jeremy, exactly. that's that's good for Jeremy. That's good for Jeremy. Now tell me, uh, tell me this. Um, you have to be a little bit disappointed because I, I know you do like to travel. Um, uh, the game, the Arizona at Grand Canyon game that was scheduled for the Finlay Toyota Center up in Prescott Valley or Prescott, Arizona, has been canceled. Um, so, uh, tell, I mean, that's that's got to be a little disappointing. Uh, it's very disappointing. I know what Catfish put in a lot of time into it. He notified me in the summertime that there was a possibility, but he said, don't say anything about it until – I have signed documents. And then uh, I guess it's about two months ago we said, hey, I've got the signed documents. It's for whatever. It's a go. So uh, we started putting together some ads for them. And I reached out to Danny and I said, because uh, it was going to be a home game for uh, GCU. So I said, uh, do you have any ticket information or anything that we can put together for you? Because I'll run it on my podcast for two weeks straight, every show. And uh, he said, yeah, I'm still working on it. And I'm going like, gee, Danny, it's only a week away, a week and a half away. He said, I hope to have something for you by Wednesday. So uh, I we just put together something and put a couple of ads out last Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And then Wednesday, as we're driving, I'm getting a message from uh, from Catfish saying that uh, things apparently didn't work out. The legalities didn't get done in time, and, and Arizona didn't feel comfortable with what was happening. They didn't think there was enough time to sell tickets and 
and uh, make it a profitable event. So yeah, very, very disappointed because they worked really hard, but you know, the ice doesn't go in there much very often. Uh, usually over Thanksgiving to Christmas for, uh, for public skating and then catfish works really hard to try to get a college game up there um, just to, to continue the entertainment. Cause when the sun dogs were there, they were the hottest ticket in town. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of, uh, a couple of folks here from the Oklahoma area that uh, landed out there with the Arizona sun dogs. And so that's how we got to know uh, the Tim's Toyota center as it was known at the time <laughs> and Prescott, Arizona, you know, just how close don't, is Pre- Don't make me tell you that name again. Don't, no. don't make me tell you the whole name. <laughs> yeah. It's you a, want me to do it. No, 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 no. We don't have enough time for the whole name. I don't think we have enough time for the whole name, Scott, but uh, they, they, it's, it, yeah, I think that's what happens when you get lawyers involved, right? Friggin' lawyers. They uh, always muck things up. Yeah, they drive you crazy. Oh, I'm telling you what. And so uh, we can thank the freaking lawyers for uh for screwing up a game a december 11th game that would have been nice would have been special but uh and, hey you know what stranger things have happened and uh live and learn i i bet you the next time that something like this happens or or the next time that an opportunity like this comes up uh they'll button it down here pretty quick as opposed to letting the lawyers mess things up i hear you yeah yeah all right well hey uh, They'd be really happy, Chris, if there'll be uh, five or six WCHL teams in uh, the Centene Center in uh, St. Louis in March. That would make it all better for everybody. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next is uh, to put your prognosticator hat on and figure out out of the 20 teams that are uh, the 20 uh, possible spots that are uh, go to nationals in when is it now march i forget when when it is but it's in uh, the middle of march at the centene community ice center in st louis america how many of those 20 spots do you think are going to be for uh filled up by wchl teams let me give you four that i think are locks yeah i think unlv i think missouri state i think central oklahoma and i think uh, arizona will be uh four that'll be locks okay um can Utah put it together and sneak in? Um, can Grand Canyon put it together? Can Arizona State put it together? I mean, probably, I was going to say, if there's a fifth team, um, I'm going to go with Utah. I just think that they're, uh, you know, like I said, I talk about relevancy, but I also talk about professionalism. And uh, A.J. Bolden, I know you've had him on your show. He's uh, done a fantastic job with uh, Utah and setting themselves up to uh, be a very solid program and by solid program i mean not just show up you know throw on the skates and play they prepare they prepare game plans they watch video um they just are are lacking experience and i think it might be there by march well you could be right i would like to have five teams 25 uh, of the field would be awesome um yeah I, I tend to agree with you that unless the bottom falls out uh unlv central oklahoma missouri state arizona i think are going to be are definite locks and the question will be you know uh utah and arizona state you know can a you know can a can a grand canyon or a colorado sneak in eh, maybe we'll see um but it also depends on you know how many auto bids are going to be needed to or are going to chip away at those seven at those uh 20 spots are we going to do you need to be top 17 or better do you need to be top 18 or better Right now, there are some folks from these uh, other really cheesy leagues that um, are are ranked high, but they're not winning their league, right? They're not leading right. their league. So, uh, you know, it can looks can be deceiving as we sit here on, uh, you know, in early December when you look, take a look and you see that uh, Pittsburgh, number thirteen, is leading the uh, the CHMA that league out of uh, out of the Pittsburgh area. Uh, when in reality, I think it's Indiana University of Pennsylvania is the one that's leading the conference in terms of conference points. So, in IUP is ranked like 34th. So they'll if you know if it stays that way, and who knows, a lot can change between now and late February when the bids go out. But if it stays that way, there goes an auto a, a spot because an auto bid's going to eat it. You know, same yeah, thing. I think that's why it's so important for WCHL teams to keep moving up. Yeah, I mean, get inside that top 15 because. Uh, um, every spot's going to matter. Yep. Well, I mean, look at my, my, my B conference and one of your sponsors, the Maryville, are they still a sponsor for your podcast? No, nope, they, they ended their sponsorship a little, uh, 
come on. End of this year, yep. The team Hogan bailed on the <laughs> ITHSWXYZ podcast. I'll have to give Coach Commissioner Hogan a, a hard time. You know, they he's got too big for us. They well, started dominating, and, and they didn't need it. They got too big for my conference, too. They ended up leaving. So they'll, uh, they're leaving the B conference, but uh, they're ranked number 10, yet they're not leading the B conference, right? Midland is leading the B yeah. conference right now. So, and Midland is 24th. So that'll, that'll lead an, an auto bid. So I, I, I agree with you. I think if, you're, if you want to solidify your spot, uh, Nationals, you're going to have to be, right now, you're going to have to be 17 or better. Because I think it's fair to say you're probably looking at three teams. Uh, or three auto bid spots, uh, eating up maybe four. So, uh, but seventeen, I think, will do it. If you get to seventeen or better, that'll leave auto bid spots to get eaten up at eighteen, nineteen, and twenty by some of these lesser conferences. So, kind of interesting. All right. So you you're planning on being there? Well, I got to come on. You drive over all over Hell's Half Acre. <laughs> so I got to ask you this, Scott. I mean, you're are you are you uh, finding? Are you just putting miles on your family car or and dragging your wife all over the dang place? Or do you have a sponsor <laughs> for the family car? Are you sponsored by like Enterprise Rent a Car and they give we're, you a we're, tester? We're working on that, but we do have a company car that we drive. Uh, so that's uh, logoed up. Uh, and it's funny because I go into, into arenas now and people will come and see me and they go, I know you. And I say, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw you, I saw your car in the parking lot. That's, so, uh, that's always uh, fun. Yeah. So, so that part of it's good. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, that week in, in St. Louis is, uh, is going to be a blast. Uh, Rick Zombo has been real good to me so far this year and, and helping me out as far as, uh, his team is coming out here to play Arizona State in mid-January. Yeah, that'll be the uh, fourth and fifth games of his exhibition schedule uh, with NCAA teams. Uh, so you know, I, I want to shout out though, if I can, before I go uh, to just your the WCHL because I have been so pleasantly surprised with the way they conduct themselves. Uh, I see a lot of NCAA teams travel here and there. And there are times, uh, Chris, that I can't tell the difference between the UNLV team coming in. And uh, I, uh, let's just say University of Denver, for lack of a better term, um, they travel with so much professionalism. They take the game so seriously. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've seen it for seven years now, and it, it wasn't that way at the start, at least what I saw. So to see this happening now, it's like, man, oh, man, you guys are doing something right. And I, I'm sure the other ones, I know uh, Kirk Handy and Liberty and Gary Astalis at uh, Adrian and, and those places do it the same way. But uh, I think the the more and more that we can pull teams into that professional attitude in the WCHL and ACHA D1, just the, the better it's going to make all of ACHA D1 hockey. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. It's come a long way. It's no longer uh, club hockey uh, in emphasis on the club. It's club hockey, but emphasis on the hockey. And, you know uh, what I call it, right? It's just yep. another league of college hockey. Just another college hockey level. That's that's exactly right. What's but before we go, I've got two things. Actually, three things I want to do. So uh, bear with me. And by the time we get to three, I might have another three. Recently, <laughs> they announced or, or, Oregon and San Diego State are going to be joining men's division one. Yep. Um, how will that affect your I, ice time hockey Southwest coverage? Well, the question is going to be flip back to you are they going to come into the wchl (laughs) (laughs) no Uh, then uh, then what they're going to receive is uh coverage as they play wchl teams but um i told you when uh, we started covering the entire wchl that we're covering it because we believe it's the best league and uh, makes the most sense so um teams should try to get themselves uh, on your good side and get on that get on that bandwagon because that's uh that's really what it is. So no, we'll we'll give them some love, of course, as they play uh, non-conference games here. But uh, we're about growing the game of hockey. That's what it's all about. So whatever we can do to help that out, uh, we'll do it. All right, all right. I think San Diego State probably has a better chance of joining the Western Collegiate League at uh, some point in time down the road, uh, more so than Oregon, just simply due to yeah. geography. But um, I see Oregon spending a lot of time uh, in the north at Jamestown and at Minot. <laughs> 
Uh, mm. and, you know, that, that just seems to me the, the direction they're going to be going, but I could be wrong. Well, I, I, I see them going, playing in men's division too. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, where there's a lot more closer teams, but, uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. All right. So that, that was number one, uh, question number two, uh, you mentioned Lindenwood and going and Rick Zombo has been very nice and they're playing NCAA teams. Um, uh, as we sit here today in early December, I heard a rumor that they're supposedly going NCAA D1 supposedly. Um, I've heard that rumor now for a couple of months. Uh, what, where does Scott Strandy stand on that as, as we kind of sit here today late at night on a Sunday, December? It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, I think there's some, some I's to dot T's to cross and maybe some, uh, deposit forms to be filled out. Uh-huh. But, uh, I, I think they've gone past the point of no return right now. So, um, and I also know that, that Rick doesn't want egg on his face, so he's not going to come out and say it until he has all those things done. But I don't think he's made the efforts and uh, done the things that he's done to uh, not let this happen. And I also think that there's a little uh, maybe NCAA internal pressure now with Augustana coming on board in a couple of years. And uh, the Alaska is coming back, both of them. Uh, Fairbanks is already back. Anchorage is coming back. So, yeah, I think it's happening. All right. All right. You, it's just a matter of when, not if. Yeah, exactly. And I think we'll know something by the end of the national tournament. Huh. Okay. Interesting. I think um, I, I think that uh, their window of opportunity for moving on next year has already come and gone. Uh, that's just me. I know nothing. I'm not a hockey guy. I get told that daily so um i i just know that you know in the acha at our level we're already focusing in terms of scheduling and other opportunities we're looking at uh the 23 20 i mean 22 23 season and beyond and ncaa is usually even further out than that so um i think if they're going to make a move it's you know if for next year it's come and gone unless they're going to i only have one thing to say to that is uh liu came in in the pandemic in april uh, completely out of the blue. Nobody knew that they existed. Yeah, and, uh, and LIU and they came in. So, and and who did LIU play? Well, they didn't. They didn't have nobody to play. Basically. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so but, that, that's what I'm but, getting at. So I think I think what Rick's got is I think he's got two to four games with each of the Alaska schools. I think Greg, uh, being an independent out here, will always accommodate him with at least two games. Um, I know Greg's got a full schedule at home on next year, 24 home games, which mm-hmm. would be most in NCAA hockey. Um, I think LIU will take them on for at least a home and home. Um, you know, when you're playing a, a hybrid season, you, there's no way you're going to be able to uh, to fill that with quality. I mean, Greg didn't couldn't do it either, but you got to make that jump somehow. And I think that's why I say I think after the national tournament, um, there'll be an announcement one way or another. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Are you, are you saying, and let me ask this, and this is just me again, we're just talking, nobody else is listening. To this. Are, are you saying that, um, the announcement we will is dependent on whether or not they win the national tournament at home? I'm not saying win. I'm saying perform pretty well. I think, uh, maybe winning it solidifies it, Yeah. but, uh, I think a good performance, uh, in their own barn, um, would be the jumping off point, if you will. Okay. All right. I think it's, uh, I mean, just to compare and contrast, and again, I'm, you know, Mr. I've never claimed to be Mr. Positivity, but um, uh, if you look at the announcement that we just had down in Tucson on uh, on Friday, there was uh, some university support there, and it was big and it was obvious, and the chatter that we hear from uh, out, of, out of the St. Louis area, there's, you, you don't get that. So... Uh, can, I, can I give you one line? Sock it to me. <laughs> Show me the money. Oh, I, I hear you. I hear you. The NC, the NCAA women's program there is uh, is dynamic, and uh, and I'll give you a quick example. When Air Force went there to play Lindenwood in the exhibition, there was a uh, NCAA women's game. I think it was Lindenwood in Wisconsin that played earlier, and they had full backing of the university. They had stats. They had people working it. There weren't very many fans there, but they had a lot of people working in. Yeah. And uh, as soon as that game ended, all of those people picked up and left. And I thought, that's odd, because why wouldn't they stay there and help out this uh, NCAA exhibition series, right? Um, but but that didn't happen. So I think, the, I think it's a show-me-the-money. 
Yeah. Uh, they've given Rick an ultimatum. They said, show me X amount of dollars. And when you do, you get our support. So I think that's where that, but I will tell you one thing. Yeah. There's a guy named, there's a guy named Molson that played de- defense for uh, Lindenwood. Um, I think he can put two and two together where he belongs. <laughs> well, maybe he can stock them for the, uh, for the, for the pops after the game. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I think he I, might I, be a little deeper than that. Yeah. Hey, well, I hope so. Uh, you would think that, that that would have already been announced, but, uh, all right. Hey, the last thing, um, <laughs> last thing I, I get to, uh, that I want to get to here with you, Scott, is we have weekend games coming up. It's the last games of the, uh, of the fall semester. One of them, one series is out your way. One series is out my way. We have Arizona State going to UNLV for two games up at the City National Arena. I'm gonna presume that if you're healthy and walking on your hind legs, you'll be there. Um, um, either that or Stephen will be there. There you go, one Steve. Stephen, you know you gotta love Stephen. I mean, can we di- just digress <laughs> really quick? Stephen, I like sure. to give him a hard time. Um, he, he, everything, everything that I hear from Steven and I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of stuff I hear from Steven comes through those UNLV glasses that he wears. So I always get a <laughs> kick out of the fact that, um, you know, the, the, the center of his universe is Las Vegas. And I don't just mean UNLV. I mean, whether it's golden Knights, silver Knights, you know, and anything Las Vegas centric, it's, I, I get a kick out of him and I get a kick out of giving him a hard time. <laughs> Uh, for it so okay so arizona state at unlv and then we have the two oklahoma teams playing each other in a home and home so uh you you pick them tell me how do you think the series in vegas is going to turn out between the sun devils and the uh, rebels tell me how you think the uh, broncos and the sooners are going to turn out i think the rebels sweep yeah Uh, i just think that they're just not that they're a team this year chris that that's completely different than any rebel team i've seen in the last five years um they're focused they're deep, they're experienced, they have a mission. Um, everything that they do is about winning a hockey game. It's not about, um, hey, we just want to show up or we can take a night off. Uh, they had a couple of those. They had a couple of those thinkers, um, and they realized where it put them in the standings. And they won a couple of those games, like uh, I'm going to say UCO, uh, when they went on the road and got smoked for a weekend. And, and the coaches won't let the guys forget the fact that those two games might cost them the championship. Mm. They'll get it done. It'll be a sweep. Okay. So the Sun Devils will, uh, just coming off a tough weekend in Tucson, the Sun Devils will have another tough weekend up in UNLV. And then, It'll be a tougher weekend. <laughs> a tougher weekend. And then what do you think is going to happen at, uh, out here in the Sooner State with uh, Oklahoma and Central Oklahoma pairing off against one another? Rivalry weekend. Yeah, I think, I think Oklahoma is scary because I think they're starting to put bits and pieces together where they could pull the upset, but Boy, that, that UCO team, when they get clicking on all cylinders, uh, they are just unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to say it's going to be another sweep. I'm going to go into UCO. Uh, I, I just don't think Oklahoma's quite there yet. And I think uh, right now, like I told you, it, it's so tight in your conference that they can't, they can't afford slip-ups. And uh, I think for UCO, that would be considered a slip-up. I would tend to agree. Um, I think on paper, yeah, if you look at it on paper, it's a no-brainer. Uh, UCO should be heavily favored to win both of those games just because one is one team is up in the top 10 and the other team is kind of struggling to find their way. Um, no, And you, you need to look no further than this past weekend series of games when they had uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania come to town. right? IUP beats Oklahoma both nights and then just gets absolutely demolished by UCO. Uh, yeah. So you would think the uh, you know a similar uh, a similar result would happen when those when OU and UCO play together, but it's rivalry, and I've I've quit you know I've learned long ago to just you know throw all that junk out the window, and it's a rivalry game, and just when you think yeah. you're going to have a a game that's uh, just an absolute blowout, you know Oklahoma will find a way, or UCO whoever's whoever's on the low end of the stick for that season finds a way to pull one out and shock you. So uh, well, that's why they play the games. If they could do it on paper, we'd all have it all done early in the year. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the funny thing is, with in that series, is Oklahoma always seems to be always seems to play better at UCO's place, and UCO always yeah. seems to play better at OU's place. I've seen that. Yeah, kind of crazy, crazy. All right, well, Scott, um, tell me, tell me, are you uh, doing uh, like deep knee bends and uh, lunges and you know <laughs> some you know. Zero. 
downward dog dives or whatever it is to get well? <coughs> no, I'm doing zero right now. Maybe that'll be a day or two down the road, but no. uh, right now I just want to sleep. <laughs> just want to sleep. Oh, well, here I am keeping up. I, I was going to ask you if you're doing like some, uh, some you know, 12-ounce curls or something to kind of, you know, help get get some liquor in you to help, you know, <laughs> r- sweat sweat the bad stuff out. Well, I'm definitely sweating it out, but it hasn't required that yet. Oh, geez. Well, maybe we'll get you some Maker's Mark or something. Maybe. Send, send you some good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, hey, hold, hang hang on here. But, uh, Scott, I do appreciate you taking time out of your busy day, especially while you're sick. Um, yeah, no problem. To, to be on this cheesy edition. Of, thank you for lowering yourself and slumming with the with us here on this <laughs> terrible, terrible, craptastic podcast. I don't have a good host like uh, or a co-host like you have in Steven, someone that can carry all the water, you know. I, so you're stuck with just me. And, uh, and for that, uh, not well, a problem. that's why I have to lean on, on the heavy hitters like you. So I appreciate you coming on and appreciate all that you do for uh, the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Before we go, why don't you pump your, uh, your, your website in the podcast, the Quad Pod of Hockey Pods, uh, one more time. All right, website. Very simply, com. The uh, uh, podcasts are at ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, very critical. You can listen to them live on Podbean at the Podbean app, or you can get them anywhere you listen to the podcast, usually the day afterwards. Uh, they're always there for download, though, so you can go back and listen to 5,000 different episodes if you want. And you're also on Twitter. You, uh, What's the we Twitter? Are, we, have, we have a new one now, for uh, strictly for our ACHA coverage, which is... Uh, let me see if I get this right. ACHA underscore ITHSW on Twitter. So uh, uh, I have six Twitter accounts now that I've got to try to manage because I tried to separate them out so that people could see uh, if you just want to listen or uh, get the comments from ACHA Hockey, you got this one. If you got professional, you got this one. If you got NCAA, you got this one. If you got the podcast, you got this one. So uh, best way to do it is just go to at Ice Time SW, and then you can link yourself to all of them that you like. That's wild. Six different Twitter accounts. I'd be beside myself. I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> Most of the time I am. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Scott, listen, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Hang on to the line here, but I'm going to hit a button and let's get ourselves out of here. Thank you to everyone for uh, listening to this uh, podcast. Hopefully, Andrew will be back soon from Disney, and we'll talk to you then. Take care. Take care.